Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. We are glad to have each of our listeners with us today. And as we look back to our sermon on Sunday, Jason preached in the morning, I preached in the evening, and we did something very special. We don't do this very often, but we both preached on the same topic, the topic of marriage. We've had a lot of weddings around here recently. We've got several more engaged, and we both felt like this is just a a good uh, time to address this. Uh, looking at uh, the idea of the front end of marriage, early into marriage, and then as marriage has some years on it, to kind of put this as a one-two combination. And so uh, that's kind of a special way of doing that. And so this is on our uh, website page. Really encourage you to share that with some others that you know may be getting married or have been married, and just to remind ourselves of the blessings and the teachings that God has on this subject. So, Jason, let's walk through your sermon to begin with. Yes, we treated Sunday morning as kind of like the foundation stones for marriage. And so, really, two main audiences in mind, those who are thinking about marriage, would like one day to be married, but also those who are are recently married. First thing that begins in construction, obviously, of a new house is the, the digging out of the foundation, laying of the foundation. And there are lots of passages in the New Testament, maybe most famously, the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that talks to us about the importance of foundation. And so in a world where lots of human relationships, lots of marriages are built on sand, the sand of circumstances or feelings or things like that, God gives us bedrock. And so this isn't just a sermon on marriage as much as it is the the foundation stones that God has given us for any healthy relationship, a relationship with him, relationship as a husband and wife, any number of other ways. It starts with, at least where I started, Jesus is Lord. We've got to recognize above and beyond all of us as individuals, as couples, as whatever it is that we do for a living or for the rest of our lives, cornerstone of it all is Jesus. And when Jesus talks about marriage, he talks about it in terms of a covenant, a three-way covenant between God and one man and one woman. That covenant is for life. And we talked a little bit about that move from there to emphasize, just as Jesus emphasizes, this life isn't all there is. You know, he fielded a question in the, in the Gospels, what happens after death? Let, let's say, uh, you know, you, you've got a woman that has been married multiple times. Whose husband, he is asked, will she be in the resurrection? And Jesus points us to the reality this life is full of blessings marriage itself is a blessing but there is more than just this life which means we ought to conduct ourselves in view of that we moved from there really to try and emphasize that 
We need to avoid the pitfall of looking to any human being to provide what only our creator can provide. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that, but that sure does seem to me to be a major pitfall in a lot of human relationships today. We have a a God-shaped hole in our hearts, to borrow from Ecclesiastes, and only our creator can fill that. And so if I treat marriage as, okay, this is another human being that I have in my life to meet my needs and, and I'm going to lean on them to fulfill all of my needs, all of my expectations. I'm, I'm really missing the point. And we rounded the home stretch by emphasizing that the point of marriage, like so many other things, is really to glorify God. Now, Roger, you, of course, you mentioned that those are some foundation stones, but you also kind of picked up the ball and started running on Sunday night. I did, and and I entitled mine to the married. That's an expression Paul used in First Corinthians seven, and our focus was upon Christians who have been married for a period of time, and and just to notice. Uh, you know, sometimes we put so much emphasis upon the wedding and the New Year's and the marriage that we sometimes later on take things for granted, and we sometimes kind of get used to each other, and sometimes uh, things don't go the way it should go. And so uh, what we noticed is that uh, the longer you've been married, and, and we're dealing with a marriage, dealing with di- disciples, followers of Jesus, built on that foundation stones, that love deepens. It just gets deeper and deeper through the years. We talked about how we change. We change for the better because of Jesus. And then grace abounds, and that and that's really the key part of a marriage is to have grace and forgiveness. And and we talked a little bit about the steps that's going to keep that going, and that's to realize the blessing of having each other and to realize that uh, we need to be first to want to solve things and have a sense of peace among us. And then to realize, as God told Adam, that he made Eve to be a helper, we need to help each other, help each other get to heaven, help each other to be engaged in God's kingdom. And so uh, those are some of the the principles we looked at. And and whether we talk about a person being married one year or 55 years, uh, it's a blessing from God. And when we stand upon those foundation stones, it should really help us along that way. Obviously, there are a lot of passages, Old and New Testament. We referenced many of them a couple of days ago. Many passages that we could go to, but maybe, Roger, here in the middle of the week, one passage in the New Testament would be good for us all to think about, whether you were able to hear the sermons or not. Of course, as Roger mentioned, they're freely available. But Hebrews 13, verse 4, is good for all of us to think about, even those who are single to think about. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews says in verse 4, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Roger, in light of those two sermons, what stands out to you about this single statement in Scripture? Well, you know, we, we use the word honor in a lot of special ways. You know, we, the way we treat the American flag is with honor. I've done a lot of military funerals, and and to see how that's folded with reverence and respect and dignity. And so so we're looking at marriage as, as not just a deal until I find a better deal. It's, it's the idea that's held in honor. It's, it's something that God has given us, 
and it needs to be protected and and respected and you know all of us in our homes have something that's valuable and something that's very dear to us and we would protect those things we we would guard those things and that's the idea he's having here that this this is something that's given to us by God and we need to honor it and protect it. And I, I really like your idea of the foundations. It's like building that house. And we know what happens when you don't keep up with the house. The, the roof sags and the yard goes bad and it just falls apart. And so it takes some effort and work and diligence and energy to keep that house up as it does a marriage. And so let's let's talk about that just yeah. a little bit about how we can do that and keep it the way God wants it to be. Well, I would start. Maybe we can go back and forth a little if we th- use that idea of the foundations. Um, thinking about what it takes to maintain a house. You've been doing that for a long time. I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, sometimes you learn the hard way if you just put a structure like a house on autopilot, you might not notice for a little while, but there are things that are deteriorating. There are things that are decaying all around us. And so Sunday, we talked a lot about the foundation. We won't necessarily go back and and uh, rehash all of that, but maybe I would begin by thinking, okay, about the locks, you know, locks on a house. Uh, serve a very important purpose. There was a time, obviously, where doors were not locked nearly as frequently when we would leave our cars to walk into a store or even, you know, maybe spending the night overnight. We wouldn't worry as much about locking doors, but pretty much everybody I know now makes good use of locks. There is a way that Because marriage is a covenant, there ought to be a lock on those doors, locks on the doors of that intimate relationship. And all that I mean by that is, okay, this is an exclusive relationship. Uh, To borrow from the Song of Solomon, a husband ought to be able to say of a wife and vice versa, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. God has made us so, and so we need to make sure in a world full of all sorts of distractions and temptations that this is never an option. Our minds are already made up, like Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. The answer is no. It's not, well, it depends on Who's tempting me? Who who has my attention, whether I'm in town or out of town? No, the answer is no, because there is a lock on the door of this covenant of marriage. Roger, what else from the house metaphor? Borrowing from that lock, you know, a lock does two things. It keeps it keeps things out, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that do not belong in our marriage. We need to keep them out, and, and I think Satan is, is trying to always put those things into our marriages. He wants to bring in selfishness, and he wants to bring in, uh, you know, just the idea, well, you're not happy as you could have been, and all this and that, and that stuff just needs to be kept out. But then, then the lock also keeps things in, yeah. and there's certain things that just belong in, and there's certain things between a husband and wife that belong just between a husband and wife. 
And, you know, I think sometimes people share way too much information. Especially in the age of social media. And they do. They, they say things that people don't need to know about, and, and they forget that there should be a lock on the door. I, th- I think the second thing comes to my mind when we think about that house is that little uh, gadget you have on your wall. We call it the thermostat. Ah, yes. You know, that thermostat, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't tell you the temperature necessarily, but it it regulates the temperature. Mm-hmm. And and what it does is you can make it warm or you can make it cold. And we just see the, the value of that. And so what we need to do is see how valuable it is we keep the right temperature in the marriage. Sometimes uh, one can get a little testy with each other. We can get a little hot with each other. Well, the other person needs to cool it down. Sometimes we may be a little distant, a little cool towards each other. The other one needs to turn the heat up a little bit and get a little bit warmer in there. And, and again, it's, it's within that house where the thermostat is. You, you don't drive into the neighborhood and there, there's a giant box and it controls every temperature in every home. That doesn't work that way. Each home has its own thermostat and some like a cold, some like a warm, but we set it to the way it's going to affect us. And so again, that's valuable when we think about a marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not uncommon sometimes to go out to a restaurant and see a husband and wife just really chewing at each other really bad. And you think if they're doing this in public, what do they do in private? Yeah. And, and what it is is somebody needs to dial that thing down just a little bit and they learn, need to learn to get along. Yeah. Either that or, you know, Obviously, we need to beware of making assumptions where we don't have the right to. But sometimes if you're able to observe a couple over uh, a significant span of time, things just appear to be very, very lukewarm, right? And we know how Jesus in the early chapters of Revelation feels about that in his relationship with disciples. And so I love the the thermostat idea. Um, I, I think building on much the same sort of thing, the atmosphere in your home. Maybe think of the furnace filter that is just a little upstream from that thermostat. Our our homes need filters, right? And so uh, what comes to my mind is Galatians chapter 5. Like you said, there are certain things that have to be kept out. These works of the flesh in Galatians 5, beginning in verse 19, things like sexually immorality, impurity, sensuality, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. These are things that are swirling around us in the world that as they hit our home need to be filtered out, but what's coming into the home or breathing within the home, the the overall atmosphere, that ought to be the stuff of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul says against those things, there is no law. I don't know about you, but that's the sort of thing that if I just leave myself, my attitude, my my heart on autopilot, I'm not always drifting in that direction. Just like if 
well, it's been two and a half years since I changed the furnace filter. Things are probably pretty icky down there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I think another another expression for what you're just saying is the word culture. Yeah. And uh, I have been on some recent studies uh, uh, from a group down in Texas, and we talked about the culture of a church mm-hmm. and and uh, the atmosphere of a church and how that can be changed. And and in that and in those discussions, one of the things we brought up as a parallel was the home. There's some people have grown up and and I just can't talk to dad or I'm afraid to say anything to my mom. I'm just afraid. And, and what that is, that's a culture. And so one of the things that we can change is we can change the culture of our of our home. We can make it where somebody can express their feelings without you know just getting their head bit off. We can have a, a culture where everyone is loved and accepted, and a culture of forgiveness. Those are things that we determine as as we set about following Jesus. But to have a culture where people are walking on pins and needles, people can't wait to get away from that place, that's not a good culture. And it's again, it, it comes to that illustration of a house that's just being neglected and it's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one more, but I, I, I don't want to jump the gun. Do you have another house thing that you could I'll, add to this? I'll let you go first, because then I'll throw in something else here in a minute. All right. My last one I would suggest is the front door. And I, uh, I, I'm borrowing from where we started in Hebrews chapter 13. I mean, we, we heard in verse four, let marriage be held in honor among all. Just before this is where the writer emphasizes the need for hospitality. And, you know, I, Roger, I don't know about you. I, I'll just share personally. There are times that were it not for my wife, Shelly, we would not be nearly as hospitable as we could be or should be. There, there are times that, you know, I, I would rather just vegetate. I would just rather relax. And certainly there are times for that. But when you have a, a, a wife, uh, a mother that has a heart for hospitality and is using that house, not just as a place for her own family to live, but as a center of hospitality. Boy, the New Testament has a lot to say about Christians taking the lead in sharing what we have with others. Absolutely. And, and my wife is the same way. There, there's most days I just sit home and watch a ball game. You know? <laughs> she says, we're going over here or somebody's coming over and I, I'll groan a little bit. But but in the end, it's a good thing. It it's is. always a good thing. And, I, and, and that's when the blessings of a marriage because sometimes the other will be the spark plug when the other's just not hitting very well. He yeah. just doesn't want to do those things. And that that has a lot to do with that. I want to go to another passage in the book of Ephesians chapter five. We, we often read this when we talk about marriage and particularly weddings. But in verse 25, he would say, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Three times now, the apostle had used that little phrase, just as. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're to forgive just as God and Christ forgives us. In Ephesians 5, verse 2, we are to love just as God loves. Here, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself up for her. It's interesting. There's there's nothing that God expects of us as disciples that Jesus himself didn't do. Mm. 
Um, you know, you know, somebody could say, well, I have to worship. Jesus did. I have to be good. Jesus was perfect. I have to pray. Jesus prayed all the time. You know, I, I have to give. Jesus gave the ultimate. I mean, there, there, there's not one thing we can point to and say, well, you know, G- God says do this, and he himself didn't do it. He did it through Jesus. And that is the example. I, I think that's that's foremost in a home that we be the example for each other. It's It's important that we don't just bark out orders and you need to do this and well you need to do this and we kind of nag on each other what we need to do is remind ourselves just like christ and when i put that phrase in my heart boy it changes things it helps us so much yeah i think of you know the the shape of a house is determined by the shape of that foundation and if jesus is the foundation just as is going to define exactly what you're talking about. Let marriage be held in honor among all. Roger, it was your idea to tag team on these two sermons. I think it was a great idea, especially relevant for our church family, and we hope that discussion has helped you. Again, those uh, sermons are freely available at Charlestown Road in our sermon podcast feed. We would love it if you would take the time to go back and with open Bibles, open hearts, make good use of that. It is Wednesday, so we're looking forward to gathering together with our church family. Roger, you're going to be teaching in the auditorium. We continue our series on marks of maturity, and today we're going to talk about the idea of conviction and what that means and how important that is as we walk with Jesus. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we're kicking off this evening a little three-part series, What is Providence? Maybe you have heard that word referenced or used in Bible classes or sermons, but you're not exactly sure what it what it means. This is one of those things we don't think about often, but we'll talk, uh, Lord willing, this evening about how we rely on God's providence every single day of our lives. And so we'd love to have you join us. Roger, this Sunday morning, you've got the opportunity to preach at 9.30 a.m. Yeah, and I've kind of gotten away from our theme a little bit. We've, we've kind of chased some other ideas here. So our theme this year is finish what was started, and this quarter we're focusing on steps it takes to finish. So we're going to talk about how God helps us, how God helps us to finish. And we'll look at several things. In, in this, we're going to fold in some ideas about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does for us. And so... Uh, that's going to be what we're going to look at Sunday morning. A lot going on, a lot of exciting opportunities. Stay tuned. We're going to tell you very, very soon more about our upcoming vacation Bible school. At the very end of June, we've got so much to be excited about. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to this week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you tonight. We're already looking forward to Sunday the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us.